welcome ladies and gentlemen we are here with the inaugural episode of power bomb culture my name's dwight couch and with me as always is going to be the vankman to my spangler the <laughs> slummer to my state puff the one the only the amazing jason shepherd thank you sir thank you sir we've only talked about doing this for how long now Oh, it's been months, but you know, hey, great months. things take a while to get started, right? You got that right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So uh, how's the world treating you? World's going good right now for me. I mean, maybe not uh, for the world itself, but me personally, my little world, everything's great. So, so yeah. So uh, what, what are you sipping on tonight? I have a just a nice, simple Miller Lite. Can't beat the classics. Up. Can't beat yeah. the classics. As as uh, uh, as Ray Stance would say, it's Miller time, right? Actually, Vankman said it, but <laughs> they all drink them. And now I just need a box of Cheez-Its, <laughs> so or a giant Twinkie, or a Twinkie. What about the Twinkie? Uh, Twinkie candy canes, by the way. Oh, yeah, anything this year? year. Oh, so uh, you know. Getting your tree ready for, uh, I guess, fattening up the Christmas tree for the New Year's Day slaughter. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so I myself have a Jersey cream soda. Oh. This is the last soda from the Summer of Soda series that I've done. And I saved it for a special occasion. And I figured tonight would be the right time for a Jersey cream soda, the perfect drink. Triple filtered, no milk cream or dairy product in it and uh are, are you uh, are you trying to get a sponsorship out of these guys i mean you well really, yeah absolutely really i will take anyone's sponsorship that they you will just pitch that hard that was hard miller light i love you sponsor me <laughs> right they probably got a little more money than orca soda so uh maybe a little bit now when we did the episode last well i guess it was like almost a year ago weren't yeah, you like nine one? months or so yeah weren't you drinking one of those I was drinking uh, something, but it was different because oh, it, had... it was a it was a it was like a non-alcoholic. It was like a root beer or some something, right? It was probably a root beer. I'm mean, a big root beer, root beer connoisseur, yeah. and uh, on the Powerbomb Nation, we had done the summer of soda, and I had all kinds of interesting flavors. Uh, but I do believe it was a it was a tan or a dark bottle, so it was probably a either a cola or a root beer. Would be yeah. my guess. Wow. Look at you. So uh powerbomb culture, a little bit different from our typical topics here. Um, but we're gonna bring it to your ears. We're gonna power bomb some culture knowledge to you, some retro action, anything that we just really want to kind of talk about on the show, right? Right. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Jason. Let the viewers know. Who you are, what you do, what you got going on, where they can find all the shit at. All right, all the shit that I got going on right now is is nuts. So I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an illustrator first and foremost. Um, you can find me under the moniker Jason Shepard Artworks. That's A R T W O R X on your social media platforms. Um, been doing a lot, a lot of work lately. Conventions just wrapped up for me. Um, the final one was Scarefest. I don't know if anybody's heard of Scarefest unless you're from here but it's a it's one of the biggest um horror conventions in i think the united states and um, it was my first time doing it as a vendor and it was just 
magnificent. I, I had so many cool happenings there um, that maybe we can talk about later, but I know that you know what I'm talking about. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I, I'm an illustrator. I stay consistently busy with that. Um, I'm also, and you know what, here's the deal. I want to, I want to make an apology to my friends, Matt and Luke Cosley, because the last show that we did together, I completely failed to mention that I am the host one third of another podcast called, and we've been doing it for like five years, six years. I don't know how I just failed to mention it. And they were like, oh, really? Is that how it is? So the lost art of podcast. Um, and we are another uh, basically retro pop culture podcast. I mean, we'll cover topics from iconic figures um, from the past and we'll focus in on one episode and, and kind of talk about their background. Like, like the last one we did was uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, uh, you know, uh, we do <clears throat> different topics like let's talk about summer vacations when you were a kid or we'll do a top five countdown. We'll do uh you know, top five TV shows of 1982 or top five songs of 1987. You know, when we'll go around and kind of count them down and and rank them. And um, I'm always hitting the guys out of left field with some stuff that they've never heard of. So they that's that's pretty it's pretty cute. But um, so, yeah, I do that. And uh, and now I've taken on this endeavor with you. So here we are. And uh <laughs> I like to be overwhelmed, as you can see. So. Right. Got to keep the plates full. You know, there's you no reason to. having a half-ass empty plate. Keep no the damn thing full and, you no know, yeah. stay busy all the time. So now, not only that, Jason's being very modest here. Uh, he's also illustrated a, a children's book, at least one that I know of. Oh, with, I've done uh, uh, four. Four of them. Oh, four of them. Okay. Four so so I'm aware of one, The King Who Forgot. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, run you about $10, $15 or so. I think I looked up the other day. Yeah, uh, fantastic read. If you got kids, if you don't have kids, go out there and get you a copy of that as well. So uh, plenty of stuff, Jason Shepard, to go around. Got a website I was checking out the other day. I have not updated that website in so long. And I think I think at this point it's garbage and I forget that I have it. And Squares, Squarespace keeps taking out payments every month. And I'm like, I'm looking at my bank statement like, oh yeah, I have a website. I got to should probably maintain that but yeah you should you should probably keep that up and going but a lot of really great artwork on there a lot of good stuff i tell you one of my favorite things is uh swimming through instagram or facebook or or you know those various social media platforms and seeing the amount of contacts this man is making the amount of people that he is running into that are coming by and buying artwork of themselves from this man like i said he's being extremely modest here on on just how good his drawings and stuff are okay. uh but do i need to tell now i feel like i need to tell the story now you need to at least to tell one at least the throw one out there for okay us. okay so uh at scarefest of course it is a horror convention and they bring in a lot of horror and sci-fi you know iconic actors and actresses and guests and um like robert england you know freddie krueger was there this year and um it was a they had the Nightmare on Elm Street forecast reunion. There was the Friday the 13th Part 3 cast reunion. There was um, the Return of the Living Dead cast reunion. So, everybody, so many people were out there. But Robert Patrick, the T-1000 from Terminator 2, total badass, right, was, was one of the guests. And I had made it a point to illustrate some uh, 
prints of some of these guests. That way, if people came by the booth, maybe wanted something to take back to the celeb and have them autograph it, they could grab that print and take it over to the table. There you go. Um, so so the, 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 the event is a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And on Saturday night, I was talking to a group of customers that were in my booth. And we were just, you know, they had bought some stuff and we were chatting. And all of a sudden, this random person just darts into my booth and goes straight for the T-1000 print. And it's Robert freaking Patrick. And I, and I, and, and I, and it, I feel completely terrible, but I cut whoever I was talking to off and I was like, uh, excuse me, what are you doing in my booth? What are you doing in my booth? That should be at your booth. He's like, these are awesome, man. These are cool as hell, man. You're a great artist, man. And I was like, Robert Patrick. And he's like, dude, these are great. So I was like, look, you know, can I give this to you? Like, can I just give this to you? And he goes, well, what, what am I going to do with it? And I was like, I don't know. You can, you can take it home and put it in that pile of shit that people give you at these conventions and forget that you have it. Right. <laughs> just, make, just make my night and let me give it to you. He goes, well, what if I autographed it and let you keep it? And I was like, no, and I wouldn't let him do it. I know it's stupid looking back. I should have, but I was like, out of respect for you, you are here to make money from your autographs and I can't let you do that. You know, we're here for the same reason. And um, so he went around and talked to everybody that was in my booth and he shook my girlfriend's hand and like called her ma'am. He's just the nicest guy. So I was like, look, I'll give you the print. I just want you to take a picture of me and you together with you holding the print. And he sure enough did. Nicest guy ever. And he took the print. Though, like I said, I don't, who knows what he's done with it. He probably, but who cares? That was super cool. So, Yeah, you'd probably be shocked. It's probably on the man's mantle. I, I would know. love that. I would love that. He's probably at least got an office with, you know, some, some stuff. I mean, he's, I mean, gosh, he could fill a house full of the work he's done. So sure. Yeah. 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 Super, super nice guy. It's so funny knowing what kind of villain he played in Terminator two versus like the uh, kind of guy that he is in real life. I mean, he's just the sweetest man you could ever meet. And, uh, I'll, I'll never look at him the same when I watch that movie, but <laughs> very cool guy, man. So. But just the fact that he wandered into my booth, I was like, what is happening right now? Right now. And everybody outside the booth was like, oh, my God. And I was like, look, I can't process it right now. So just just, just right. stop. You got to think somebody in. probably told him, said, hey, there's some really cool artwork over Maybe, here. You. It could, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, because it, it's like he darted right in. It was like, I, I don't know. Totally cool. Totally cool. Yeah. Knew exactly where to go, but uh, yeah, that going. was an awesome. When I seen that picture, I was like, "Oh man, Jason's got to be loving that." That is, oh, fantastic. I mean, I could have gone home and just called it a weekend. Like, <laughs> ah, that was cool, but yeah. Well, my past few weeks have not been nearly as exciting as that. No, uh, <clears throat> no celebrity interaction or anything to speak of. But I did get some lower back pain taken care of. Been to a That's chiropractor. Cool. Oh my god. Yeah, this week and got some adjustments and uh, feeling a lot better today. Got one more treatment to go and then I think I'm good on my lower back for a while. So I'm thankful for that. I need whatever it is that you did because I have the same problem, the exact same problem. Dr. Pelton in Lexington. He's oh, off yeah? Winchester Road and I'm sure he wouldn't mind the little shout out here, but a uh, couple visits and, and I'm feeling a lot better. And uh, it's still a little sore, but I think it'll be gone in a, in a day or two. So, yeah, fantastic place. 
easy to get. It was right by my work, so it was easy to get to. Yeah. Um, outside of that, not a lot going on in my world besides, you know, keeping little Miss A in line and uh, getting ready for Powerbomb Culture, where we are going to Powerbomb Pop Culture, Retro Culture, to your earbuds. And today we are going to talk all about Ghostbusters. And one of the main reasons why that we are going to talk about Ghostbusters is it's one of the first things that me and this man here ever shared in our second grade elementary class yeah. uh, with various other things like Roger Rabbit and Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. uh, Ghostbusters was a true love. And uh, so we're very excited to bring you some excellent Ghostbuster news and excitement to your worlds today. You were a big DuckTales guy, too, though. Oh, I love DuckTales. I was. I, I watched a couple episodes the other night. Yeah. I, I still sing the theme song. You know, oh, randomly boy. it will pop into my head and uh, oh, get the Oates, going my, on. Yeah, Hollow Notes, you make my dreams come true. That's, <laughs> it's the same song. I never realized that. Yeah. I never. I, that's. I cannot. Oh. I will always sing the DuckTales lyrics over that when it comes on. Every time. That's crazy. I never put that together. It works. Oh, so um, speaking of all this retro stuff, you know, I, I started looking back and uh, I was thinking of some times with with my dad when he he used to put me in some tires outside of the house and would roll down, roll down the hill and uh, get a little dizzy there. But I tell you what, man, that was good years. <laughs> hey ho i'll be here all week folks that was a little a little dad joke for everyone uh, out there the collective of the world just let out a big groaning they were like unsubscribe <laughs> so uh doctor who found himself in possession of a uh ecto one recently i don't know if oh, you've seen that news I saw something about that yeah, so uh, Sylvester McCoy trades in the TARDIS for an Ecto-1, the article reads. A fantastic picture of the good doctor standing next to Ecto-1. I'll try to uh, have up here for everyone that is watching to see. And uh, everyone who's listening, you're just going to have to take my word for it. So uh, while the Ecto-1 well, was not a film-used Ecto-1, the vehicle at the convention was the Ecto-Mill Bull... Ecto mobile uk a relatively recent and highly accurate fan made replica so uh pretty cool there i don't know do you ever watch doctor who man i've never gotten into it i have never ever gotten into it like i've never seen one episode of doctor who i've not either but one thing about it everyone's like man you would really get into the series so it is one that i've got like on all my lists like if i find it I put it on my watch list, but I've never, never actually uh, sat down and watched any of the episodes myself. Yeah, no, I never have. Uh, I don't know. It's one of those things. So we do got some uh, breaking news that came across the wires today. A lot of Ernie Hudson news in yeah. the past couple of weeks, which is really cool because I think uh, Ernie Hudson, or better known to all ghost heads out there, is Winston is going to get a lot of love moving forward in the Ghostbusters universe, and I think it's great to see. But in a, a new interview with Sci-Fi Wire, 
Ernie Hudson was asked about the upcoming sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife. And while still unable to confirm his involvement in the forthcoming film, he did share his excitement for the future of Winston Zedmore character, along with having an idea to make the basis of the series a little bit more complicated. Now, uh, there was also news that came out this week that he's seen a couple of the scripts. They've, they've evidently finished writing the film, and uh, he said it was going to be pretty good, and he really loved one of them. And uh, the article just goes on to talk about where we last left Winston, uh, but Ernie goes on to say Winston was set up in the last one to be an important part moving forward. So, yeah, I'm very excited about that. Yeah. I think it'll probably happen within the next few months, I'm pretty sure. So like everyone else, I'm waiting to see what the studios come up with and what they've come up to for me. Assuming they will come to me. In this business, I never take anything for granted. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, you would ha you have to you have to keep involving Ernie, right? I mean, like you've already set that up. Right. Yeah, I mean, he's, I he's the only one that came out of the whole deal with money. Right, right, yeah. Um, Ray Parker's Ghostbusters. Did you hear about this? I heard that it has charted in the Billboard Hot 100 again, it but I don't did. know what it the got reason 49, is. so it broke the top 50. What's the What's the reason? Is, is there Halloween. something behind it? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, makes, you know, that makes sense. Yeah. That's the same thing. I was like, I was like, oh, it's because the new video game released, and then I read the article and I was like, oh, yeah. it happens every Halloween. Yep, every Halloween. I'm right. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, outside of that, there was one other thing that I thought was going to be really cool. Now, I don't know. Do you keep up with a lot of the Ghostbusters comics or did you at any point? I never, uh, no, I never really did. Um, I kind of always wanted to check out that crossover. What was it called? Uh, you know, where they brought all the Ghostbusters from like the cartoons, the video games, the answer the call all that together it was like a big crossover and it was probably called something like that like cross it was probably called cross rip or cross something rip, yeah. yeah but no i've never really i've never really read them i never got much into the comic books it's one of those things that i always look around now i think i do have some digital copies of the the ghostbusters and the ninja turtle uh crossover mm -hmm. i never actually cracked them open and read them yet however in a new comic book crossover the Ghostbusters are going to battle with the Amityville Horror House. Oh, I did see that. I saw that. I that's cool. That's going to be really cool. That's cool. So uh, definitely something we're going to have to check out here. And uh, maybe maybe we'll take a read on that and, and do a review yeah. of that once it is out. And uh, see what all, what all they got cooking in Amityville for the Ghostbusters. Because yeah. Amityville never dies, right? Right. Like, it's always something with that damn house. All right. So, uh, so we thought the most fitting way for us to go about this was going to be talk about Ghostbuster villains. We could obviously spend all day talking about the four heroes that everybody in the world hashes and rehashes and talks about. Why not bring to life some of the unsung heroes of the Ghostbusters universe, the Oogie Boogies, the non-gozers, the non-vigos of the world, and highlight some of the lesser-known or very well-known villains that just don't get their due justice most of the time. Um, so I did ask Jason to come up a list with 
five villains. I came up with a list of five villains and uh, we're going to throw those out to you. So we're going to start with, there was three obvious choices right? and uh, that we knew we were going to be on both lists. So uh, Jason, why don't you kick us off with uh, subject number one coming out of the containment unit? All right. And that is me taking a break. Anytime I give you a cue, you can edit that out, but I had to crack that beer off, baby. No need for a, uh, no need to, to break for popping the top, my friend. Well, you know. All right. So, let's pull my notes over to the side here. Okay. So, one of our obvious choices that I know ended up making both of our lists was out of the uh, real Ghostbusters cartoon from the episode When Halloween Was Forever, it is Samhain, or it's, it's, it's really, isn't it really pronounced Samhain? Samhain? I think so. I think it's, I think it's German. We're probably going to catch some flack about that, but I'm pretty yeah, sure. Like, most people are going to be around here be like, oh, it's Sam Hain. <laughs> Sam, man, its name is Sam Hain. <laughs> well, that's old man Hain's That's boy. who we're talking about. Yeah, that's who we're talking about. And uh, pretty much this guy is just cool. Like he is the embodiment of Halloween, right? Like he is, uh, he is this pumpkin head with a creepy face and he has like this floating creepy cloak and these long fingers super cool but like i said he is the embodiment of halloween so essentially what happens in this episode is um i think some kind of a relic or some kind of a stone or something is brought to new york for uh research and testing and and inside of that relic or stone or whatever it is is um, the spirit of Halloween itself, Sam Hain. Sam Hain! And uh, what happens is these little goblins uh, end up pretty much releasing him from this stone. And he goes to gather up the spirits of the night and states that there's much work to do because his intention is to halt time and make Halloween night last forever, which really in theory sounds kind of cool to me. But if I'm being honest, like I would be down for that. Right. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't want endless trigger treating and endless candy? Like I'm, I'm down with that for every single night, but maybe it would get old to me. So I'm cool with the once a year, you know, magic. Maybe it would lose its magic. But yeah. So of course, I mean, he even actually ends up getting a hold of Slimer and forces Slimer to join their forces of spirits and uh well of course i'm not going to spoil it for you but maybe he gets foiled in the end you know now he does make a later uh, appearance in uh, another episode called halloween two and a half which i'm not even going to go into you need to watch this one first <laughs> and while we're putting it out there while we're putting it out there i just want to say if you're if you're interested in seeing any of these characters that are featured in the cartoon the real ghostbusters is available for free on amazon prime as well as um, there is a specific youtube channel for ghostbusters that i think every week will upload a new episode they've already got tons of them up there so if you're interested i know all the ones we're going to talk about tonight are actually there so yes and uh sam hain one of my absolute favorite villains uh so i do have the copy of tobin's spirit god here and uh, this is one that I did 
want to go ahead and read now this this edition of Tobin Spirit God has the original versions from John Tobin who was like a steampunk ghostbuster uh back in the day and then it's got some revisions written by Ray and Egon because they wanted to condense the volumes down a little more but uh it does say that Sam Hain is a class 6 ability to manipulate local environment and control lesser entities which Jason alluded to with the um with the capturing of Slammer. Sure. and it is a gaelic festival of samhain or samhain however we decide to say it traditionally held i am man listen it's sam <laughs> on october 31st marks the coming of winter and the time of year when apparitions may most easily cross over to the living world so fantastic episode to watch i highly recommend everyone get out there and do so because uh he is a fantastic villain and that does remind me make sure you stay tuned for the end of the episode because we're going to talk about after we get done with the villains here where we want to see the franchise moving forward and we're going to throw out a couple of picks of uh who we think the big bad's going to be so now are we going to talk about we're going to we're going to were we going to mention we're going to wait till later to mention how we might want to see these guys appear or we could we, we can go into it right now because i got big plans for this one okay see i don't necessarily know that i have plans for it but i definitely think that we need a ghostbusters this i don't even know if he needs to be like the main baddie but he would be a good main baddie right but like a halloween night Something that takes place on Halloween night with the Ghostbusters. I think it would be perfect. So since we're there, let's go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and throw this one out on the table. Okay. So we're going to get a Ghostbusters multiverse or or universe going forward because the, the reception behind it looks pretty strong. They've gotten the works a couple of TV shows, one being a cartoon. I think one being a live action. We just yeah. got a brand new game. We got two more games dropping, a movie next year. So what if we get a villain for the next film, but we start seeing a connection in the next film, they kind of connect maybe the 2016 Ghostbusters, some throwback to the older ones. And then maybe we start seeing this intertwine in some TV shows and we get a Avengers style Sam Hain and Sam Hain is to be the Thanos to Ghostbusters, what Thanos was to Marvel in Endgame, and I could definitely see a two-part movie oh, coming yeah. where Sam Haynes went in the first one, and you know what are the heroes going to do, and go kind of wait till next year to find out. You know, of all the ones I think we're going to talk about tonight, that would be the most viable, I think, for a main villain in a movie. Yeah, it would make for one hell of a hell of a movie. Oh yeah, I mean the special effects on his on the head and everything alone would be yeah. absolutely amazing. I mean, he's creepy in the cartoon, but you'd really have to make him a lot creepier. Like, I want to be terrified of this thing. Yeah, I mean, if they were going to scare the shit out of people. Sam Haynes the one to do it. Yeah. But that being said, let's see if I can find my page here. There are a couple other creepy villains in uh in ghostbusters and the next one we're going to talk about is none other than the sandman oh yeah now the sandman 
actually comes from a weird point of view. Now, there's multiple sand, sand man or sand people or or however we're going to say that. And, Do we need to uh, cut in with the Tuscan Raider right there going? <laughs> I'm just saying editing. Right? Yeah, you 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 could have the sand people, I guess. So. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, Sandman actually comes from a point, and it's funny speaking of Thanos and comparing him to Samhain, but the Sandman actually comes from a point of wanting to do good. He's trying to save humans and not necessarily kill them. He just wants them all to be asleep so they're, they're safe and they're dreaming and they're happy. So he comes from a spot of good intention, and he just wants to be the best Sandman alive, right? It's just not executed very well. It is, it is not. He does have poor execution, but it's probably because the size of his head in the it's cartoon. Big. It's big. So uh, a couple of the Sandman's powers here, are, of course, sleep inducement, dream manipulation, teleportation, and flight, which are all fairly common. He is also based on a lot of fo folklore. Everyone knows, you know, Sandman comes, the man in the moon is also a premise for, for the Sandman in general. The Golden Girls sang a song about the Sandman that every time I see this episode, I kind of wish they would do a crossover there and, uh, yeah. and have that. Um, but one of the really cool things that you'll find in this episode that I think is a really cool Easter egg is the Sandman is notable for being one of the few villains to address a Ghostbuster by his individual name. Ooh. And he addresses Winston Zedmore. Mm -hmm. So again, a lot of love to Winston there. And uh, Peter actually had a premonition about the Sandman before their encounter with the Sandman, which is funny because Peter always has the, the psychic and kind of the, the uh, clamshell game there going on. He's the host of the world of the psychic, right? Yeah. So uh, he makes three appearances. So his first one is Mr. Sandman, dream me a dream. And that's in the real Ghostbusters. He makes his next appearance in Xmas marks the spot where he has a brief cameo in the containment unit. And he also makes an appearance in extreme Ghostbusters when Kylie goes out on a, on a bust in substitution for Ray. But interesting enough, Kylie cannot be, fall to any of his sleep spells because she stays so caffeinated <laughs> that he just can't put her to sleep. Yeah. So Tobin spirit God says he's a class six can manifest in the spiritual or physical world, but prefers to appear in the subconscious. And the Sandman is a cross between a, a form of a boogeyman and and someone who's bringing you some sleep but i think the most notable thing of the sandman in the cartoon was his raspy voice that oh, just yeah. was really and i'm too deep for it right there but it was very it's eerie. It's, it's eerie it's creepy yeah yeah so that is why we think the sandman should join sam hayne in one of the top ghostbuster villains and could be a viable choice for a villain in the next movie as well or at least a cameo we Ooh. might get multiple yeah i i think over what we're choosing tonight i think i would rather see cameos and especially with my later picks and 
but we'll that'll come later so we'll, yeah all right so we got one more that was in both of our lists and who yes. do we have we sir have the boogeyman who ted cruz ted cruz we've <laughs> talked about this before <laughs> that's terrible but it's it's i mean it's true um so he appeared in the real ghostbusters episode uh, cartoon episode called the boogeyman cometh and i think later in an episode called the boogeyman is back could be wrong about that but um premise of the episode two young siblings kenny and megan carter uh come to the ghostbusters firehouse and try to hire them to take care of an entity that's been haunting them at night um, so the kids offer whatever change they have in their piggy banks. And uh, Peter states that their usual charge is $1,500, but that they'd make an exception in their case. So upon investigating the house, the Ghostbusters discover a little boogeyman. He is an entity that Egon actually has a little history with. And um, you find out that the boogeyman, he also used to haunt Egon from his closet as a child. And is the exact reason that Egon got into investigating the supernatural in the first place to try to put a stop to him. Um, so later in the episode, they find an apartment in New York that uh, contains the portal to where the boogeyman is is coming from. And they end up using Ray as 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 a as as a bait to he poses as a child and tries to lure the boogeyman in uh, to the Ghostbusters trap. So. Ghostbusters enter the portal, and the boogeyman tells the children that he wants them to watch him kill the Ghostbusters. It's dark, which uh, doesn't necessarily work out in his favor, or does it? I don't know. We'll never know. But that's where you got introduced to the boogeyman at, and he's pretty hes pretty creepy too, man. He's kind of nightmare fuel for some kids, I think. Um, I gotta say, out of all the, out of all the Ghostbuster villains... The boogeyman might have creeped me out the absolute most. He's pretty creepy. Yeah, it was. He's the the nose just throws it off with. It's the nose. It's that Ted Cruz nose. It is. It's he's just cruising. So. Oh yeah, there's all kinds of bad jokes here. So the boogeyman himself is also a class six, and uh, I did want to read this entry, this full entry in the Tobin Spirit Guide, because it had a lot of really cool. Um, a couple of really cool things I think everyone will like out there. So for centuries, parents have used the threat of the boogeyman to frighten children into good behavior. Mm -hmm. Every culture has such lore passed down across generations. And there are many similarities of counts of the creature. The boogeyman always comes at night, often has a sack in which he carry the worst children away and can enter the bedroom through the closet or from an under the bed. In Europe and parts of Russia, folklore claim that the first true boogeyman was a monk, driven insane by the bad behavior of local, local village children. He was so intent on correcting this that he made a deal with the devil in exchange for his soul and the regular sacrifice of the naughtiest children. This monk, Rodafiri, if I'm saying that right, an anagram of the word horrified, was given a cloak of invisibility and transformative features 
and would appear to children as whatever frightened them the most. The Ghostbusters encountered Rotafiri when he appeared in New York manifesting atop one Times Square on New Year's Eve festivities. His intention was to spread fear among the crowd and feed on it, fear being the source of the boogeyman's powers. With so many revelers gathered in Times Square, Rotafiri became so powerful that they needed to they needed to use more than one trap to contain him. Which, interesting enough, feeds into the multiple traps it took to take down the terror dog and Gozer in the afterlife. Because I think that's the first time we really had mm-hmm. witnessed that many mm-hmm. uh, uh, network going on. Yeah. So you're telling me this guy hated bad kids so much that he sold his soul to the devil? Yes. <laughs> Maybe maybe there's some parents out there that can relate. Maybe, man, that had to be some badass some kids. Badass kids, man. To drive a monk. Right, a monk. <laughs> He's like, damn it, I am tired of this shit. I am yeah. sick to death of it. Please. I will pull a complete 180 on your ass and make a deal with the devil. I swear, man. So Damn, damn kids and drive anybody crazy. Oh, crazy stuff. Now... The boogeyman, absolutely terrifying. But I'm sure the next couple we got on our list, I think after doing a little more research, I think we might have one more in common. Um, I, I don't think I don't think I don't think we're gonna I don't think we're gonna have any more. So why don't you throw out the next one here for us as we get into our two surprise villains? Well, you know what? This this is gonna come completely out of left field. Now, when I said cameos earlier. I did mean plural. So this is more than one. But I think it would be really cool because, excuse me, in in Afterlife, we saw really quick uh, cameo of the bug eye ghost from the toy line, right? The Kenner toy line. He pops out of the shop and then his eyeball falls on him and goes back into his head and he flies off. And that's, that's all he saw of him. Would absolutely love to see the haunted humans from the toy line. I'm talking Granny Gross. Like, you know, Ghostbusters 1 and 2, they all had a montage of when the ghosts get free, right? All the spirits go out in the city and everything's havoc is wreaking everywhere. And the taxi driver, skeleton, you know, uh, all that shit, man. And and, and Ghostbusters 2, when, you know... uh, there's the there's the music montage and 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 the the ghost joggers running through the park and Ray hits the trap or Peter whoever I think it's Ray hits the trap and, and catches them and there's like that montage of all this craziness just happening all over the city. It would be a perfect spot for all these cameos, right? For Granny Gross, Tombstone Tackle, right? Like we're at a football game somewhere in New York. Oh, and, I forgot uh, about him. New, let's say a New York Giants game, right? And and Tombstone Tackle appears on the field somewhere and just runs through some players and his back opens up and he might eat a player or something, you know, like, uh, the, the trash guy, the trash, the trash can guy, um, the, uh, the cop, the, the ghost cop. I mean, all of these things would be perfect for like a quick little cameo in a, in a montage, you know, when shit's starting to hit the fan in a Ghostbusters movie. I think it'd be really fun. I like I it. Don't forget it. The, mailman. Like, the mailman. Oh yeah. The mailman. Yeah. I forgot about him. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that is be fantastic. That would be super cool to me. It was funny. You remember the um, 
you talked about the haunted people, but what about um, the haunted objects? You remember the toilet? Oh, fearsome flush. Yeah, we, yes. need a fear, we need a fearsome flush. Yeah, we need we need that. We'd love to see a toilet try to eat somebody. I mean, we got a bathtub going. We to got eat some bathtub already. too. So right. So I mean, toilet's the next natural pro progression, right? Absolutely. Keep it in the plumbing. I agree. All right, so I will go with my first of the surprise entrance. And this, one of my favorite things about Ghostbusters, at least in the lore, is when they tie in to things that are that are in real life. I think that's what makes the Boogeyman such an intriguing character, Ooh. Sam Hain in an intriguing character. One that I never really, I guess I put a lot of thought into but after digging around and I found out that this was indeed one of their villains is Lilith. Now Lilith has taken many forms in the real world as possessed, you know, possessed dolls or wherever this demon can, can find her way into. And in Ghostbusters, she appears as the queen of Ecto leeches. Um, now she does appear in extreme ghostbusters and let's see at some time Lilith establishes a personal lair in an abandoned fallout shelter beneath New York's Penn station. She becomes aware of the ghostbusters exploits and follows them for years. Eventually concluded that the ghostbusters technology would aid her in securing limitless power. In 1997, she devised a diabolical plan to turn the human race into her personal battery. First, she mailed the Ghostbusters office manager, Janine, a postcard for a free island vacation. With anthrax on it. <laughs> and once she was gone, the place was falling apart, of course, without Janine there. Who could have ever, you know, maintained all that personality? Uh, right. Lilith left an ad offering her services as a temp worker for the Ghostbusters to find. Disguising herself as a human, she used that to sabotage their equipment. And uh, won't go much into more because everybody needs to go out and watch watch themselves some cartoons. I don't care how old you are. Put them on the TV. They're good. Yeah. You're never too old. That's right. Yeah, so sure. Lilith was one of one of the uh, one of the ghosts that I came up with as a surprise Ghostbusters villain. Interesting. Well, now I would like to lead into my next one and final one by saying that it is uh, a total letdown of a pick. You're not. It's not even a. It's not even a surprise. I just don't think that that we've seen enough of it. And I'm talking about Gozer. No, I'm absolutely I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We don't need to do that again. We don't need any more Gozer, okay? I do think that we need to see some more Evo Shandor. There's something about that guy, man. He's so mysterious, and I don't think he got his... Listen, no, I loved Afterlife. I love, love, love Afterlife. But my man got ripped apart in it, man. Like, he was in it for two seconds. And I, when I when I realized that that was Evo Shandor in that glass case, I was like, oh, are we going to, is it like, this is, this is fucking cool. But it didn't happen. I mean, um, yeah, spoiler alert, he gets ripped apart. 
<laughs> if you're watching this, surely you've seen Afterlife already. Yeah, you've you've seen it by now. If not, shame on you. Shame. But yeah, I mean, and I'm like, no, dude. Now I know that he did get some. Um, he got some time as one of your boss fights in the 2009 Ghostbusters video game. Yes, uh, and that was really cool. They kind of they kind of touched on him a little more, and I was like, man, like it really all goes back. Everything goes back to Evo Shandor. I mean, when they were talking about him in the jail cell in the first movie, I mean, that's why the whole uh, first movie even happened, really. I would love right. to see that expanded on a little bit, but I don't think we need to harp on it anymore. If they ever did touch it one more time, I don't think there needs to be any more after that. Like, like I definitely don't think we need any more Gozer, and I definitely don't think we need any more Vigo. Vigo I love Ghostbusters, too. Vigo was cool. But we don't, I'm like, I hope that they... I'm kind of maybe afraid that they might rehash that again, and it's like... As amazing as Afterlife was, there were definitely a lot of harking back to the first movie. And I know that some people's concerns are, what if they just keep on that trend and keep hitting, well, you know what, Look, bring Vigo back. It's like, we don't, we don't need that. I'm surely Jason Wrighton is a lot smarter than that. And Yeah, I would think all yeah. the fan service is out of the way uh, now. Yeah. Yeah, they did such a good job with it. It was just enough, you know, in Afterlife while telling a new story that brought it to the future, brought it to now, helped it move forward. Let's, yeah, but I don't know. I think Evo, I think a little more Evo Shandor, like, is a full on, like, this is your main dude. You know what would be really cool? Because I actually looked at Shandor as being, being one of the picks. And because uh, he does have an entry in the in the spirit oh, god, spirit. which is where I looked a lot of research at. I would like to see if maybe Evo Shandor and John Tobin maybe lived in the same time frame. Okay. You know, maybe we could get some real flashbacks and see, you know, maybe they could have some kind of the like the ultimate beginning because you know Tobin was supposed to be like the earliest form of a ghostbuster that we knew so maybe shandor was the very first i mean we knew he's lived forever and has some sort of evil spirit right. uh, but by all means i don't know that him getting ripped apart in afterlife means he's dead right no 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 i was gonna say because he's he's pretty much i mean i don't did it explain in afterlife why he was in that case and how he got there and he was buried in those mines. Those are his mines, but I mean, like, um, basically, I, the the 2009 video game told you that he's a spirit that he, at this point, you know, can come back at any point. I mean, yeah, I don't think they touched on it much besides just showing you that he was there. And I'm assuming, you know, he's obviously waiting for for the return of Gozer. So, right. But it makes you wonder how long. So we know he had multiple points. Spook Central, he has the mine. There's got to be other spots, but I wonder why he was there and not, you know, covered in semen on top of top of the building in New York or something. Right. So, but I guess we'll never know because we might not ever go back to Oklahoma or Oklahoma. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I think it was Nebraska. Yeah. They might never touch on that again, Shandor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Never, I don't know. I just think he's kind of cool. I mean, like the whole cult. I'm I'm kind of fascinated with cults. Not that I like them or think they're cool or that I would ever be in one. Hey, everybody's in a cult. No, I'm kidding. I, I wouldn't be. 
but um, <laughs> no, but uh, everybody's doing it now, Jason. Come on, that's so 97, man. Being in the cult is so 97. <laughs> I'm over it, it's man. No, Haley's comment, right? Uh, but um, it's no Waco, I'm, I'm over it, but um, yeah, I, I just think uh, I think the whole occult thing is cool. And I would have liked to have seen his story a little more um, touched upon, I think. But I don't want them to continue the trend of just keep, you know, we'll keep throwing it back. We'll keep throwing it back, you know. Like, let's get something new and fresh in here for this one, you know. So I'm still no. all about the I'm still all about the the haunted humans cameos, man. That's what I kind of want to see the most. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I just I would lose it if they all showed up in like a nice montage somewhere you know one of my favorite things and i'd say i think it's ghostbusters 2 one of the toys that they had was a bat sludge bomb or something like that and it was a giant bat with a big jaw that you would drop the ecto slime out of you you know you push the wings and they would flap and then you'd push another button and his jaw opened up and the slime would fall out of his mouth and one of the things I always liked in the second movie was when they were doing the montage going around, you had the music starting and you had the subway entrance there and you had the purple or pinkish purple bat fly up out of the stairwell and just kind of scream at everybody and then fly off. Mm -hmm. And I always thought it was cool when you could see one of the action figures or one of the toys, you know, make that little that little appearance in there yeah. and uh, you know, it just ties your heart to it a little bit. So I oh, think yeah. that would be awesome. Yeah. I think it would be so cool. I mean, there's a lot you could pull from, from that toy line. Oh I mean, yeah. What about the, I mean, the things that used to set on their heads? You could bring out the new uh, unit. You, you change up the uniforms, you know? So you talking about the, uh, I don't know what, he, what the toy line. He had the um, remember Egon had the white, ghostbusters outfit oh you're talking about like the the fright features yes yeah yeah where oh, his flew awesome. up and oh was... i love it yeah i love it yeah i've got i've got some of those in here now <laughs> yeah those are cool so to wrap us up for the villains of ghostbusters i have what might be the most terrifying ghostbusters villain uh-oh everybody intrigued so far i am this would be none other than a class three parasitic being known as the Grundle. Oh, the Grundle has made multiple appearances in the cartoons stretching across the real Ghostbusters and extreme Ghostbusters, as well as multiple comic lines. Few things are more horrifying than a Grundle. A parasitic energy not unlike the traditional vampire, the Grundle exists only to create more of its kind. Chillingly, these creatures prey only on children, yes. seeking them out, isolating them before tempting them to commit sinful acts. Theft, gluttony, violence are all most common. The creature cannot...
All right. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Well, I totally lost you. You froze up and then it wouldn't unfreeze. So I just re I, I like did a, a refresh on the, uh, on the page and here we are. Okay. Yeah. I, I lost you. I'm where sorry. did where where was the last part we left? And we'll try. I'll try uh, to uh, cut it back You were talking about them uh, preying on children and uh, the Grundle, and uh, that was that was I think that was the last thing I heard you say. So. Yeah, so preying on them, making them commit horrible, horrible acts, and it feeds on the victim's soul, replacing it with its own foul essence, therefore infecting kids. Eventually, the child's life is forfeit. And it raises a new grundle and repeats the cycle. That's all I will leave out of the Tobin spirit guide. But I think a fantastic villain for a sequel to afterlife that could really touch home with something that everyone wouldn't think paranormal is if you had a grundle infecting the kids of New York. Especially since our new Ghostbusters are kids. Right. That could be a terrifying villain for them. So I th I think the Grundle would make mm. the most sense as a villain for the new for the new Ghostbusters sequel. I like that a lot. I like that. Especially you got a lot of, you know, it's and it's sad to say, but you got so much in the real world. There's so many devastating things that that kids do, you know, because they get so bummed out and horrible, horrible acts. And this is something that could play into pop culture and things that we're dealing with in real life now. And it could also help shine a light to, to some of those real world things and, and maybe get a little more attention brought to it too. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a perfect pick. I, I forgot all about Grundle, man. Yeah. Cause he did, he, he was in, he was in the real Ghostbusters and extreme, right? Like he was, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, he possessed, I think, a little... Well, I think he took a boy in each, but I know it was really focused in the uh, in the extreme Ghostbusters on the, mm -hmm. on the, on the Jake, Jake or Jack, a kid he, a kid he had possessed. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, that being said, so is the cameos your prediction for the, for the big baddies in the new Ghostbusters know. movie? You know, like I said, they, not, 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 I don't think they're going to be the big baddies. I don't think they'll be the big baddies. I just think that uh, they did it once, you know, with the bug eye ghost. It would be really cool if he just threw, threw those in there. Those are classic, man. The so. bug eye ghost was one I was wanting to put on my list, but I couldn't find a lot of information. Yeah, I mean. Outside, yeah. of, outside I knew I had the toy and you had to hit it pretty hard on the back. Yeah. I don't know how, like, uh, you know, threatening he would be or anything, but uh, definitely cool. it was just cool to see him, you know, like in the, in the movie. Um and then, you know, the one thing about Afterlife is we didn't really get a whole lot of ghosts in that movie. We got a few. So maybe this one being back in New York will be overloaded with them, sort of in the vein of the first movie. So I lost you. You're gone. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to refresh. Back again? Same thing happened, yeah. All right, well, 
Well, that's where all the magic happens is in post-editing, so we can take care of that yeah, pretty easy. Yeah. All right, so now we're going to get it. Jason, I'm saying the Grundle. Who's your big would, bad in Afterlife? Oh, oh, I, I don't know. It'll probably be Gozer again. <laughs> Going with you the old reliable. No, I'm kidding. I hope it's not. No, I don't know. Um, I honestly have, I have no idea. I think that they'll bring something fresh to the table. Um, they could pull from the lore, or he could come up with something completely new. We just don't know. I mean, I have no, I have no prediction. Honestly, it's hard to tell. I mean, we don't know. I would like to see, but you know what? If everything we've talked about tonight, I'm seeing either Sam Hain, Sam Hain, or the damn Grundle. That's what I, I'd like to see. I think both of those would be fantastic. I think it's definitely going to be something that they've caught, um, especially if we're going with the line that the containment unit has failed or it is failing and it needs some repair, because that is the one thing that I think is above, uh, definitely above Winston's pay grade so to speak mm -hmm. and i am curious i think ray should probably have a good idea about it but that might be something that's kind of strictly egon's baby and uh might take phoebe a while to figure out how to how yeah. to keep it maintained and up to date or podcasters go down there and let all the shit loose but he might that that could you know happen. i mean yeah i mean they left us off on that note we saw that light blinking on the on the containment unit so we know it's still functioning to, to some degree so uh mm -hmm. you know another one i think we talked about this before but the citizen ghost episode we we could get some uh bad ghostbusters running some, so I, you know what that almost made a list as well some evil entity ghostbusters i didn't even think about them till just now so but i was like i don't know if they'll really touch on that because they did ghost egon so i don't know if they would go back down that road again because that was so tastefully done and such an emotional thing. And I think doing more ghost ghostbusters would take away from that. I don't know, but I mean, I, I, I agree. I, I, that's definitely a cool cartoon um, episode for sure. So. Jason Reitman, hear us out. Give us some grundle. Give us some boogeyman. Give us some Sam Hain, man. Yeah. Let's get, let's get some end game ghostbuster shit going on. Yeah. And, uh, Jason, where can the Powerbomb Culture audience find you, get hold of you, commission some artwork from you? Where can that I, all be done? Now, I'm assuming, is, is if they're seeing the same screen that we're seeing right now, this beautiful artwork behind our, uh, yeah, they'll, they'll see that, right? Yeah, I did that for, I did that for this, uh, for this channel. That's me. I did it. And uh, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram. Just look up Jason Shepard, S-H-E-P-A-R-D, Artworks, A-R-T-W-O-R-X. And uh, you will find me there on, like I said, Facebook and Instagram. Um, uh, not on Twitter. Don't even ask me about Twitter this week. Don't even, I'm not even, I'm, I've, I had Twitter for like two days and that was like 10 years ago. We're not doing Twitter. So, uh, and uh yeah, go check out the Lost Art of podcast. Um, like I said, it's 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 me, it's Matt Hosley, it's his brother Luke Hosley. We talk about, I think, 
if 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 what I'm gathering from what you and I've discussed is correct, we're kind of going to be in the same vein. So I'm going to pretty much be doing two of the same podcasts, which is great because I love talking about old stuff. Now, are we going to are we going to throw it out there? What we're going to talk about next episode? Oh, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. Because it's I going mean, to be something. Start a good podcast without talking about some delicious breakfast cereals from back in the day Listen. and that is exactly what we're going to cover on the next episode I'm of powerbomb culture yeah because there is all kinds of life-changing culture that came from our generation cereal when you actually got a full box of cereal yes you got real toys you got a prize inside you got a cool yes man captain crunch used to do the little do you remember the Captain Crunch oh, figures? Yeah, no, I know the little things that like you put in the water and they sank and they had no, the submarine. No. Well, no, well they had those, but they had the the Soggies oh. and the the robot, the Soggies robot and Captain Crunch. And man, I love those things so much. As simple as they were, but oh, that's man, for another talk. episode. We could do two episodes on this, <laughs> on this. I mean, this is yeah. So yes, definitely want to stay tuned for our next episode. As always, like and subscribe to the channel. Check us out here on YouTube. Check us out in the audio form under the Powerbomb Nation Network. Just look up one of the episodes titled Powerbomb Culture. Listen to all the stuff there. You can reach me on Twitter at Powerbomb Nation, Facebook.com backslash or forward slash Powerbomb Nation. You can really just Google Powerbomb Nation and everything Powerbomb wise is going to come up. Powerbomb. Culture is a production of the Powerbomb Nation Network and brought to you and made and produced by Powerbomb Digital Media. Like, yep. subscribe, check us out. Follow that was Jason. a mouthful. That was a mouthful. Yeah, it was a lot. I, was, I still screwed it up. I've been that was beautiful. It sounded professional, though. It <laughs> felt like I was like wrapping up a world wide world of sports episode or something from like 86. It was great. All right, we might have to talk about that on a future episode. Sure. Who knows where we'll go? Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in and uh, catch you on the flip side. Yeah, thank you all for listening. We'll see you soon.